Welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 54. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing Hyperscape, a brand new battle royale from Ubisoft, which was released in closed beta this Thursday. We've also got some more exciting news and gameplay from CD Projekt Red about Cyberpunk 2077. I also sat down with Marina from California Studios and we discussed the development on their upcoming narrative adventure game set in Oxford and Borneo called Sarawak, so stay tuned for that. It's a jam-packed show, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you had a good week. Now I'm good this week and it looks like things are turning here in the UK. We've got pubs, bars and restaurants opening up this weekend and we're starting to get out there and see family again, which is absolutely fantastic news. Here in the UK, at least things seem to be getting a little bit better regarding coronavirus, although I'm still 100% working from home. I'm super lucky that I can do this from the safety of my front room and I know not everyone out there is as lucky as me. So even though things are starting to open up, stay safe, do wear a mask and look after yourself and your loved ones. Well, let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week, I've been busy trying my best to get through the original Last of Us game so I can get on to The Last of Us Part 2. So I was hoping to get through the game by this weekend, but once again, I failed to do my homework and finish the game on time, so it looks like it's going to have to roll over onto another week. I'm really, really enjoying The Last of Us, though. I'm invested in the characters now and starting to understand what the original buzz was all about with the first game. I'm hoping to complete The Last of Us 2 before The Ghost of Tsushima comes out, but that is looking unlikely, but we'll see how things go. Otherwise, this week I've been playing Hyperscape, so let's get into my first impressions of that game. Hyperscape is a brand new battle royale from Ubisoft, which was launched into open beta on Thursday, 2nd of July, 2020. So you can dive into the action by getting a drop from Twitch for watching one of your favourite content creators. And it's a visually stunning game which has some unique mechanics, but time will tell if the already saturated BR market is ready for another contender. Battle Royales have been popping up here, there and everywhere recently since the surprise announcement of Apex Legend back in 2019. Since then, we've had Call of Duty Warzone take hold of the genre that was once dominated by player unknowns battlegrounds. You can get access to the technical test beta right now on PC through Twitch-enabled drops, but more on that later on. So Hyperscape definitely looks the part with great graphics and a neon feel to the game. It's set on a map called Neo Arcadia, which is a huge city which has much more verticality than other battle royales we've seen. So you can battle in the streets and bouncing across rooftops and jumping down to do surprise attacks on your enemies, and it's a whole lot of fun. To access the rooftops, there's double jumping as well as launch pads to allow you to scale the heights of the Neon City. Hyperscape is probably closer to Apex Legends in terms of frantic action rather than, say, Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone. The difference here is that every character starts out the same and you pick up abilities, but this time they're called hacks. You pick them up from loot boxes, they're dotted around the map, much like the weapons. You can pick up two hacks at once and mix and match them to create your own unique playstyle. There's plenty of variations in hacks like increased mobility, short-range teleport and defensive items like walls which feel familiar when compared to something like Overwatch or Apex Legends. Have a play with the different hacks and find out what works for you. Call of Duty and Apex did a lot of great work in simplifying the process of looting in Battle Royales. Hyperscape improves on this further by removing armour and health from the loot pool. 
So health regenerates much like in other games like Destiny, and there's no fiddly weapon attachments which keeps the flow of the game nice and focused on finding weapons, upgrades and taking down opponents. A nice touch with the weapons is you can fuse two together, so if you find a copy of a weapon that you already have, you can fuse them, boosting the power of the existing weapon in your hands. This can lead to more powerful weapons and taking down your opponents quicker, so it's definitely worth playing around with this weapon fusion system. There's a range of weapons including a revolver, a minigun, assault rifle, space age plasma weapons too. Opponents can feel a bit spongy as the time to kill is quite high compared to some other recent BRs I've played. The guns feel like they need a bit more kick in them, which seems to be one of the main pieces of feedback coming out of the beta so far. Rather than a slowly closing circle like in other BRs, here we've got sections of the map that glitch out. The outcome is the same though, slowly over time less of the map is available for the players. The map too is pretty large, filled with distinct areas, and the sheer vertical nature of the play space is impressive and does set the game apart from its competitors. The game mode we have available at the moment in Hyperscape is called Crown Rush, and you can win by being the last team standing or picking up the crown and holding on to it for 45 seconds. One of the most interesting things about Hyperscape is the Twitch integration and the relationship between the players and the viewers. More often than not, you'll hear in-game that viewers have decided on an event, which range from a low-gravity mode to improved mobility features. Twitch viewers have the chance to vote on outcomes while viewing matches, which is one of the best Twitch integrations I've seen in a game yet. It remains to be seen how this will drive engagement for Hyperscape, but so far in its debut week it's doing pretty well, though it is likely to be mainly for players wanting to get drops and that beta access to the game. The last feature I'm going to talk about that helps set it apart from its competition is the Echo System. So when you die, you'll be able to run around the map, following teammates or enemies, and you'll be able to get revived if you can find a respawn point, and if your teammates are good enough to bring you back up. In the free-to-play shooter market, you've got to break through and carve out a player base, as there's plenty of competition already out there, so making a good first impression is really, really valuable. Only recently we've seen Crucible attempt to launch and then swiftly retracted back into a closed beta phase once the concurrent player count started to dwindle. Ubisoft is taking a leaf out of the playbook for two successful recent launches including Valorant and Apex Legends. So much like Valorant, players can get access to the closed beta by watching streamers play and get beta key drops. So you can do this now by linking your Twitch and Ubisoft accounts together and then simply watching and waiting for a beta key to drop with the PC technical test available now. Respawn also introduced Apex Legends relatively by surprise, albeit apart from a few leaks. So Hyperspace is taking the same approach as little was known about it until this past week when details started to emerge, but it seems that this combination of tactics has worked well as it's been a successful opening 24 hours for Hyperscape on Twitch. There's definitely some promise here in the early days for Hyperscape, but it's going to have to work really hard to draw away audiences from already well-established Battle Royale games. The fast, frenetic action is appealing, however the weapons don't yet feel up to scratch and the game doesn't quite have the features and that level of polish that we come to expect in a AAA game. It's fun, but it's still got some way to go. No doubt Ubisoft will be collecting data during this initial test, so if it sounds like something you'd be interested in, then jump in and give it a go. Next up, there's been loads of buzz about Cyberpunk 2077 and recently they introduced the Night City Wire, which is a regular news drop event talking about Cyberpunk 2077. So this one is definitely on my watch list. So let's go over and find out why that is.
Cyberpunk 2077 is definitely one of 2020's most exciting games, and CD Projekt Red, they're starting to talk about it a lot more. We recently had our first episode of Night City Wire, a regular news update from the development team, where we got to see more gameplay than we ever have done before, and it looks absolutely awesome. Cyberpunk 2077 is an open-world sci-fi RPG from the creators of the Witcher series. It's based in the near future in a fictional urban mass called Night City. The game looks absolutely huge and dense and full of NPCs, story missions and side quests. So you can create a character and the character creation options look immense with more than your standard body type, face and hair options. There's definitely loads more in there. There's a variety of combat options in the game too, ranging from close range melee attacks to mods including dagger attachments to your arms and of course guns too. So hacking is a big part of the game where you can use your cyber modifications to hack into various systems including your own body to make improvements. The game is played from a first person perspective and looks detailed and gorgeous in terms of graphics and fidelity. Night City is filled with back streets, characters, police and gangs and they're bound to make your story interesting. There's going to be a mainline campaign of course, although we don't know yet how long that's going to be. The game isn't strictly a first person shooter, but parts of the gameplay are definitely going to feel like one. Back in 2018, a long gameplay demo was shown behind closed doors at E3, which was then released later to the public. Here our character V was fast, agile and could trigger a matrix style bullet time effect. And these effects all seem to be related to character mods which you can apply to V, which you'll be able to collect through your RPG experience. As you make your way through the game you'll collect new guns and mods and you'll be able to level up too. As well as the mobility enhancements, we got to see other mods like optical improvements for zooming on items and objects, shooting around corners with ricochet bullets and sword implants for arms. Melee combat shown off in the recent Night City Wire looked fairly standard and some of the feedback said it looked and felt a little bit clunky. But it's worth saying that this is the very start of the game and as you level up and get more mods, you're clearly going to become more powerful. We can battle one on one with our fists and guns, but we can also deploy cyber attacks too. So if an enemy attacks then we can hack into their personal cyberware to knock out their guns to make them stop working mid battle, as well as access data about them too. It looks like there's a range of smart ways that you can take out enemies in Cyberpunk 2077. Also in the recent Night City Wire we got to see an example of something called brain dancing. So this puts you in someone else's recorded experience, allowing you to relive it, move around as if you were there and help solve mysteries and investigate from all angles. Just think Return of the Obra Dinn, but on steroids. It looks like it's going to add a whole new dimension to the game and a welcome break from all the FPS action. There's dialogue too, with it being a massive RPG from CD Projekt Red, however it's not entirely clear yet how it's all going to work. No doubt your choices are going to affect your gameplay experience and story, but we'll just have to wait a little bit longer to find out more. Night City is going to be where you spend a lot of your time, however we found out recently that one of the starting areas is actually outside the city in the desert style landscape. Think Las Vegas, a huge sprawling city in the middle of a desert, so the city itself it feels big, bustling and dense with loads of characters. And the earlier demos seem to be a little bit more packed than the recent footage that we've seen, so we're going to have to wait and see once again to see what it's like when we get our hands on this game in November. 
Night City itself is absolutely huge. There's six districts to explore, you've got a range of cars and vehicles to use to get around the city. There was a really exciting car chase I saw in some of the gameplay demos that people have been posting online, where you're firing a weapon out of a car window against oncoming attackers in other cars as you twist and weave through the city with the other guys eventually crashing and blowing up. It all looked really slick, stylish and high octane. There's also going to be multiplayer elements to the game, that's not going to be added though until after the initial launch. It's likely that this is going to be included in a future DLC, much like Red Dead Online was back in 2018 and 2019. CD Projekt Red has stated it's going to be a story-based RPG experience with amazing single-player playthroughs, but multiplayer features are going to be added. We're going to have to watch this space to find out exactly what's going to be added and when, but what this does mean is it's going to be supported after the initial game launches, and hopefully that means a long-term plan for the game to continue well after Cyberpunk 2077 comes out. Well that's much of the information that we know about the game right now. The game comes out on November the 19th, 2020, and it's going to be available for PC, PlayStation and Xbox with upgrades available for next gen. Well, next up, I've got an interview with Marina from California Studios, creators of Sarawak, and it's a new narrative puzzle adventure game set in Borneo and Oxford, and it looks absolutely fantastic. So let's go over to that interview now. Okay, so welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and I'm here with Marina from California Studios, and we're here to talk about Sarawak. So welcome, Marina. How's it going? Hi, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be seeing the end of lockdown, I suppose. Um, yeah. Pubs opening, cafes opening uh, shortly, so uh, it's all really good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long, um, the longest three three or four months I can remember. <laughs> it sure has, and every day is absolutely the same. Um, so, yeah. How is it? Um, how has it kind of affected your kind of daily working life? Yeah, I'm I'm used to working from home, I suppose. So in that regard, it's not that different. I love to work from cafes, and I really miss that. To be honest, uh, other people you know socially it's it's obviously been very hard and very different um but yeah i really look forward to the things gaining normality of it i love to travel as well and that's um obviously been off the off the radar yeah and it's and it still will be of course for a while yeah um, yeah i i don't miss the flying personally but i i miss i miss kind of um because i, I I, I travel a lot as well, and I, I try to go away uh, at least a couple of times a year to sort of fly uh, to far-flung destinations. And uh, I guess, well, that is that is the subject of the game, Sarawak. Mm. And uh, I was wondering, um, for those who don't know, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, Sarawak, uh, your game. Sure. Um, so Sarawak is a text-based narrative adventure. And gameplay is split between interactive narrative choices, but also um, point and click puzzles. For those who are wondering, Sarawak is one of the Malaysian states on the island of Borneo. So that is partially where the game is set, but it's also set in Oxford. So about half of it starts in Oxford uh, and then you go off to Sarawak. Uh, you play as Mia, who is a college student from Chicago. She's on holiday with her mum and on the night of their arrival, 
uh, one of the professors at the university is found dead and they arrest your mother for a suspected murder and it falls to you as the player to uncover clues and go on a on a trail that takes you uh, to very interesting places to discover quite what is going on and what your parents have kept from you does that summarize yeah i think yeah it's it's, it's fantastic and i I've, Obviously, I, I played the game uh, or a demo of the game during the mm-hmm. Steam Summer uh, Festival recently. How, how, was the, how was the kind of Steam Summer Festival experience for you? Yeah, for us, obviously, with, with everything going on and everything being cancelled, it was quite a good opportunity to get our game out there. It's timed well with us having this demo ready Um for players to to experience and for a company like ours this is our debut game uh we just it was really good for the exposure for people giving us feedback um yeah it's been really great and obviously as a player to there are so many titles out there um that has been great to see so many different um demos to play and um, I, I really enjoyed it, and that's why I Thank wanted you. to kind of get you on the show and um, talk about it because I was I was really really impressed. I I'm a I'm a huge fan of adventure games from old kind of uh, Lucas Lucas Arts days, to, uh, mm-hmm. kind of Day of the Tentacle and uh, Full Throttle and all all things like that. Um, do you have any games up there that's kind of your inspiration um, that, that sort of led to Sarawak? Absolutely. So similar to you, I'm a big, uh, big 90s kid, big, big LucasArts fan. I think Monkey Island was probably comes to mind from that that era. Um, I'm also a huge fan of, of novels, I suppose, um, particularly mystery novels, thinking Agatha Christie, but also more recently, Ian Rankin, that kind of thing. And they're all very location specific so that's a big element of Sarawak of these novels and of the games I like to play more recent game examples that were inspirations would probably be a case of distrust I really enjoyed that I think you had uh, Ben Wonder on the show Mm, recently Uh, so it's very much in that kind of style Uh, 80 days of course which has also that travel element that interactive um, interactive novel kind of element so that that was the inspiration, really, being coming from that literary background, I suppose. Uh, I love watching, uh, also watching TV shows that are um, that are mysteries. But you're you're watching as a viewer or as a reader sometimes, and you think, oh, I disagree strongly with what the protagonist has just done, or there's a really obvious part they should go go for and that's where I thought uh, it would be fun to play around with having you having more agency in the game to direct where uh, you take you take the the protagonist and how to solve the puzzles if that makes sense yeah I I, I was I was really impressed with the puzzles it, it was um, the I, I definitely recognize the inspiration from things like a case of distrust in 80 days but then I thought the puzzles were really good. It, it felt like a really different element of the gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I was really impressed. And um, the uh, what was kind of your inspiration behind the behind the puzzles in the game? Yeah, again, I'm a big fan of, of puzzles, even crossword puzzles all the way down. So I, I draw inspiration from not just 
conventional games, even uh, tabletop games. Um, but I, what I really, really wanted was that the puzzles drive the gameplay forward and you'll notice that all of them are related so you don't just suddenly step off something totally unrelated so it's going to be uh, gates that unlock um, and even there are even some crossword puzzles there's drawers drawer puzzles and lock lock kind of mechanisms to unravel um from from my childhood i really enjoyed uh games like tomb raider for example which had its own kind of puzzle-esque um, gameplay um, I guess that's kind of the inspiration I must say I I am the writer of the game and I also do the artwork but oh, wow. uh, the other half of of California Studios is actually my husband Duncan uh, and he tends to take the lead on the puzzles he also wrote the engine but yeah the puzzles uh, we work on them together but he's definitely the one who comes up with the more um, complex puzzles on the game. Well, that, yeah, that's awesome. So, sh- uh, shout out to Duncan as well. As uh, it, you've got quite a multi, multi-talented <laughs> kind of pairing uh, between yourselves there. That, that's that's fantastic. It, it it is very odd, and uh, we do get asked a lot, like, how does it work being sort of just a married couple who suddenly is developing this game together? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of comes together from us realizing that we had these different skill sets that we could combine and, and these the shared pa- passion in in uh, puzzle games and we thought we could together come up with something like this that's brilliant um and how how do you sort of find or how do you get the balance right with the puzzles because obviously you don't want them to be too hard so people get too stuck and you don't want them to be too easy so people breeze through them did you um did you test them with um friends or like a user testing group or something like that yes definitely so one big focus for us with sarawak is that the gameplay needs to to flow uh, nicely so we're not looking for super hard puzzles that are frustrating or um block block the narrative in any way uh yeah we we do beta test a lot with very, very patient and kind friends. Uh, it's really fun to watch them struggle in the bits you want them to struggle. And sometimes it, it's very hard when you are the one writing it to to gauge how difficult or easy a puzzle is. So, yeah, beta testers are really useful for us. And, um, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, well, I... I, I played through uh, the first two chapters in the game, and I was really, really impressed. Um, and you. if if players kind of want to find out more about Sarawak, say they've heard of these other games that we've mentioned, um, and they're interested in Sarawak, uh, how can they find out uh, more about the game? Yeah, so the best would be to follow us on Twitter, which is at Cowleyfornian, C O W L E Y. F O R on N I A N, or just find us on the Steam store. So it's Sarawak. Awesome. And the demo will be up for uh, a few weeks more. So uh, players are welcome to download it and let us know what they think as well. It would be very useful. Brilliant. I'll uh, I'll put a link to both your Twitter and uh, the Steam page so people can get hold of that demo. Um, Brilliant. I'll, I'll put it on the the YouTube version and the the podcast. Uh, version as well um so what's what's your sort of rough um timeline for the the game's release 
Yes. Um, well, due to the lockdown primarily uh, and cancelling of many different plans, uh, we're actually on schedule or even slightly ahead of schedule. Uh, we're planning to launch on PC by January 2021 um, with uh, then porting to um, phone, to iOS um, a bit later than that and even Nintendo Switch. Um, so yeah, we've, we're mostly done um, just refining the last few chapters. Most of the images are done, most of the, the text is done, the puzzles need a little bit more work and then it's just uh, beta, te- beta testing. It's uh, So I've got a little bit of, a, of experience in releasing software and it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to find that kind of cutoff point isn't it because you're always there's always like oh i could i could do that or i could fix this or i could you know it's uh, how do you find that kind of cutoff point to know when you're when you're done absolutely and because it's uh, it's our debut project that's going to be hard for sure we've been we've been working on sarawak um for like four four years now uh on and off so it's going to be so hard to say now is the time to ship it. But at the same time, it's been a long time and you need to you need to strike the line and, and say now now is the time. So, uh, yeah, it's you've hard. Al- you've always got uh, DLC opportunities, opportunities exactly. as well if you want to kind of go back to it. Exactly. Uh, well, that's, 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 that's fantastic. Like I said, it's really... Uh, I've played a lot of adventure games, and I was I was impressed by the the artwork, the writing, and the mechanics. I really really enjoyed it. So I I definitely recommend everyone out there who's listening, go and uh, go and try Sarawak, and uh, yeah, leave um, or wishlist it on Steam and uh, leave leave a bit of feedback. Thank you. Um, so uh, moving on a little bit from Sarawak, I wanted to talk a little bit about your your company. So um, California Studios. It's uh, it's quite an interesting name. I was wondering if you could uh, tell us the the story behind the name. Sure. So uh, we're based in Oxford and anyone who's uh, spent time in Oxford might might know of this road called uh, Cowley Road, which is on the east side. And it's very, we love it. We live very close by and we spend a lot of time on on Cowley Road. Um, And it's it's full of indie indie shops, indie cafes, um, very creative people. And it's got this little nickname. We didn't come up with it. Some people call it California. I'm not sure why, to be honest. But um, it felt like a good name for our studios because it was created there. Um, yeah, we, we we create our games on Cowley Road. It must be uh, it must be really exciting to get that opportunity to go back into the cafes. Oh, I can't uh, really. wait! Yeah, I, I walk past them and uh, they're they're looking very sad right now with the chairs on the tables. So, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, so th- this is your this is your first game uh, as uh, California Studios. And what, what what was the sort of journey for you to get to game development? What what kind of you, you mentioned you've been working on it for four years? Um, what was your um, yours and Duncan's kind of um, past experiences coming to this point? Right. So from in terms of Duncan uh, is a software developer by my profession um, so he's done a few games before but um, all, all hobby passion projects so this is the first series game for him from my my journey personally um, 
so I graduated as a medical doctor actually uh, eight years ago and I worked as a medic in the UK for two years but I always knew uh, that wasn't really for me. I'm passionate about creating and writing so I quickly moved from clinical medicine to becoming a medical writer which merges my two passions of medicine and writing. Um, but yeah, the longer I spent as a medical writer, the more I realized that I like to draw, I like to uh, write stories and storytell. Um, so as a as a passion project, I started Sarawak about four years ago, you know, waking up at five before work and, and stole a moment in lunch hour um, to write, to create this game, because I always really liked games. Um, I wanted to write something literary based and that's kind of how I ended up in uh, in game dev um, now I'm working on Sarawak full-time uh, as of a few months ago and I really can't wait to see where the journey is going to take me but it's it's, it's really fun it's definitely what um, I really enjoy doing most it's so nice to sort of be be the creative uh be at the creative helm of a project and see it all come together and it, it must be really exciting you're you're sort of on the verge of releasing it out there um or i mean already with the demo and i imagine you've, you've you know you've probably got a bunch of great feedback already so it must be quite a almost on the fence of exciting and, and nerve-wracking absolutely it's it's incredibly scary having your first uh, creative project out there for everyone to see and criticize but at the same time as you say it's it's incredibly exciting the feedback we've had is it has been fantastic uh the community has been really supportive and helpful so i've got nothing but positive things to say from my experience um and i from a personal level i just can't um can't wait for people to play it and enjoy it well, I'm, I'm sure a load of people are going to play it and a load of people are going to really, really enjoy it. Um, I mean, with, with all this kind of um, developing games, um, do, do you get any time to sort of play any, play any games in your spare time? Yes, I've, I've always enjoyed playing games. And even when I was a medic, for example, that was um, a, a big stress reliever for me. But um, Increasingly, I've had even more time and even more of an excuse to play games. Um, biggest obsession right now is Animal Crossing, as as is the rest of the world, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've had the pleasure of actually what what I've done during lockdown is go through some games that I've always wanted to play, but because of yeah. various life life events, um, I had missed the boat. So, I, for example, I've recently uh, finished uh, Firewatch, which is brilliant, so nice. beautiful. Uh, and and so moving and i really enjoyed that i played a bit of obradin which i had also missed at release which is just another mind mind-blowingly brilliant yeah um, game it's stunning that game it's, it, it's so sort of um simple in in visual exactly. um, but so effective it's uh it's 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 really yeah really really inspirational yeah um yeah, I've I've done a similar thing. I've kind of gone back and um, played a few games or um, a few games that I've w always wanted to play. Mm -hmm. 
and obviously the steam uh, summer sale has just uh, kicked off so <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy is it but i i really do find playing other games inspiring and sometimes sometimes i go like oh my goodness there's so much talent out there uh, what am i doing but at the same time it's also very motivating um because for example obradin is just just one person lucas pope creating that and it's very inspiring yeah, I'm. I can't wait to play uh, Pendragon, for example. That was um, yeah. one one really good title from the uh, Steam Festival, uh, and I've got over the Alps as well. I've played the few the beginning of it, and I really can't wait to finish it. That's really good. The um, I think there's a, a DLC available for uh, Over the Alps as well. So it's uh, amazing. Yeah. The um the guys over at Inkle, uh, they're f- uh, friends of the show, and uh, yeah, they always. I mean, I'm I can't wait to I can't wait for Pendragon. I, I had a play play around with the uh, demo demo mm-hmm. same time as I played uh, Sarawak. I featured it sort of last week or on the on the last um, episode of the podcast, and yeah, really really good guys, and they always always produce good games. So. Um, is there anything, I mean, we're about to sort of get into the new console kind of generation. We're sort of on the cusp with things maybe coming out. Um, well, I hope, you know, fingers crossed by, by the end of the year. Is there anything you're, at, you know, as a, as a game developer, is there, is there anything you're looking forward to there with the kind of the new consoles and new technology? Um Nothing specific is jumping to mind right now. Um, yeah, can't wait to see what, what's going to come up, really. Um, really exciting time in video games right now. And, yeah. The uh, the new consoles is almost like 10 Christmases. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, definitely. And it's also expensive, to be very honest with you, if you don't control yourself. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to... You have to exercise a restraint, but we'll in, see. We'll see what in, comes up. In my mind, I'm just like I've saved. I've saved all this money during lockdown. I need to put it somewhere. Right. So. <laughs> that's that's what we keep telling ourselves. Absolutely. Um, well, it's absolutely fantastic. That's that's all the that's all the questions uh, that I have for today, Marina. Thank you so much for uh taking the time to talk to us on on this week in video games like i said before i was really really impressed with the game um and and to find out that um it it's just a team of two and with with you doing everything on the game it's really really fantastic so definitely everyone go out there um and give it a go you can still download it uh did you say it's available still for the next couple of weeks yes so we'll keep the demo up for a few uh weeks and then uh, once we have new updates, um, if you if you wish list us on Steam, you'll be able to uh, keep up to date with any updates that we come up with. Brilliant. Well, Marina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I wish you all the very best. And, Thank you so um, much, Tom. Thank you may- for having us on. We we could maybe revisit after you've released the game, and we could talk a um, a few months down the line. And we yeah, it'd be great to sort of, especially with it being your first game, it would be great to. Uh, kind of uh, hear your story about uh, how the release went. That sounds fantastic, Tom. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, yeah, real pleasure and uh, good luck to you both. Thank you so much. 
Well, that was me there talking to Marina, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on This Week in Video Games. And definitely, everyone, go out there and check out Sarawak. You can wishlist it on Steam right now, and I believe the demo is also available. So go and try it out, and if you like narrative adventure games, I definitely think you'll like Sarawak. Well, next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. So at number 10 this week we've got Minecraft, that's down 3 places from number 7. Number 9 this week it's Last of Us Remastered, and that's up 8 places from last week's 17. Number 8 this week we've got Grand Theft Auto 5, that's down 2 places from number 6. And number 7 this week it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, down 3 places from last week's number 4. Number 6 this week it's FIFA 20, down 3 places from last week's number 3. Number 5 this week is Animal Crossing New Horizons, up 7 places from last week's number 12. Number 4 this week is Ring Fit Adventure, down 2 places from last week's number 2. And number 3 this week is SpongeBob SquarePants Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, and it looks like that one's a new entry. And number 2 this week is Bravely Second, End Layer, that's also a new entry. And still in at number 1 this week it's The Last of Us Part 2, so congratulations to everyone at Naughty Dog for the success of that game. Well that's it for the charts this week, let's have a look at what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So on July the 7th we've got a few games, we've got Catherine Full Body, that's coming out on Switch. We've got Super Liminal, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Then on July the 9th we've got Cross Code, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and Switch. And we've got Elden, Path of the Forgotten, coming out on Switch and PC. On the 10th of July we've got a few games, so we've got Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2, that's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. We've got Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise, that's coming out on Switch. We've got F1 2020, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Stadia and PC. And we've got NASCAR Heat 5, coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Finally on July the 10th we've got Sword Art Online, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then on the 14th we've got Death Stranding, that's coming out on PC. Got Neon Abyss, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. And we've got Rocket Arena, coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then on the 16th we've got Hunting Simulator 2, that's coming out on PC. And we've also got Radical Rabbit Stew, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Then on the 17th of July, we've got two Whoppers, so we've got Ghost of Tsushima coming out on the PS4, and we've got Paper Mario, the Origami King, coming out on Nintendo Switch, so loads of really, really good stuff there, and I think the ones that jump out to me, so we've got CrossCode coming out on Switch, can't wait to play that one, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, and also Death Stranding coming out on PC, so if you didn't pick up Death Stranding last year, Definitely get that one on PC, absolutely fantastic game. Well that's it for this week's episode, and if you want to get involved in the show, get in contact through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames, or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories, I'm always interested in hearing from you. I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram, so search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in that conversation. Well, thanks again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you in a few days' time, but for now, I'll see you soon.